Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now, a new communication study on consent amongst Irish teenagers by NUI's Galway's Active Consent Program has found that 79% of boys and 93% of girls agree that consent is always required for sexual activity. Let's uh, talk to Dr Siobhan O'Higgins who's uh, the Active Consent Programme co-lead with NUI Galway and uh, a very good morning to you Dr O'Higgins and thank you indeed uh, for joining us on uh, the programme this morning. Uh, I'm sure People are happy with uh, those young people uh, who you spoke to who believe that consent is always required for sexual activity. But uh, those figures leave uh, the obvious question. What about the 7% of girls or indeed the 21% or about a fifth of boys who do not believe consent is necessary? Um, Good morning, Michael. Yes, thank you for having me on your programme. Well, um, statistics are very interesting in the way they're presented. So that means that 21% of people, 21% of the boys who didn't agree actually were neutral. And 6% of the girls who didn't agree were neutral. So they don't know. They're unsure. These are 15 to 17-year-olds. Mm, transition so, year and fifth year students. Transition year and fifth year mm-hmm. students. So mm-hmm. they're saying, well, I'm not sure for all sexual activity. Does that mean for holding hands? Does that mean, or maybe we're in a relationship? You know, so mm. so they, with any statistic, that's a stark statistic, right? Mm. But it's when you actually ask people why they answered that they did that you actually get some understanding of, of the nuance and the detail between mm behind why they answered the way they did in a tick box sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. in the survey, we also asked them to look at three stories and to tell us how consenting or not they thought the stories were and why they thought it was consenting and why not. And within that, we found out much more detail about why, what they thought about consent. And that was really interesting. Right, uh, because it was easier for them to understand uh, when you presented them with these stories, I take it. Well, the stories then make it far more complicated because it's all very nuanced. Mm. So in one story, it was a heterosexual young couple who hadn't met before. There was drink involved, and uh, she smiled um, before she gave him oral sex. And we asked, um, did she consent to give him oral sex? And when there was a smile, 
Um, over 80% of the boys said it was consenting and over 60%, almost 70% of the girls said it was consenting. The same story when we took the smile away, it went down to a third of the boys and only 3% of the girls would say that it was consenting. So mm. for them, um, especially for the boys, and we know this from other research with older young people, is that males rely very much on nonverbal communication, whereas girls rely on verbal communication. And when we asked the young people in the survey why they had said it was consenting or not, it came across that actually what they, do, what they have is they have very gendered sexual stereotype views of that the girl controls it. She has to say no or yes very clearly. Right. The boy doesn't even have to ask. Mm. Now, that's, we need to change that. We need to educate and support young people to understand that consent is OMFG, ongoing, mutual, and freely given. So you need to communicate. You need to make sure that what you're doing is what both of you are agreeing to. You're both very clear. Okay, let's come back to that uh, in a moment. Uh, But just going Mm. back to the example that you gave of uh, that uh, couple, uh, there was drink involved. uh, And was your question in reality to the young people, uh, is it consensual sex if somebody is incapacitated by consuming alcohol? No, 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 no. The question was very simple. Was, did she consent to give oral sex Mm. to the boy? That was just the one question, right? And Mm. then they said, yes, no, maybe. Mm. Don't know. Can't decide. And then they were asked, this is a survey, right? So, you know, there's paper and pencil. This Mm -hmm. is before COVID. Uh, Paper and pencil. Uh, You know, why did you say, why, you know, what was it that influenced your decision to say either it was consenting, don't know, or it wasn't consenting? Mm. And that's where we got an understanding of how they viewed a realistic situation like we use the same we use that same story in the workshop that was developed and subsequently piloted this spring with uh, 993 young people across the country and we use that same story and their understanding of that story is it's a very realistic situation even mm. in covid times mm. that these young people will be getting it together it's very realistic and yes it's confusing they all know what consent is they all know what stops consent and what helps consent because they've told us this at the beginning of the workshop and they told us in the survey and it's all very clear they do understand what consent is but when you put it in a realistic situation then you get involved in all these grey areas and as Mm. you say there was alcohol involved so some of them said well you know there was too much there was alcohol Mm. so that made it confusing they don't have the capacity well they didn't use the word capacity but you know they can't consent you know but then some young people didn't realise that alcohol alcohol does affect your capacity to consent to sexual sexual activity and of course in the workshop we do talk to the law and tell them all about the different laws that relate to this area and of course coco's law passed in 2020 december 2020 is very relevant for them because that's about consent to share pictures Mm. you know so sharing all of this information if you give information to young people they then become more competent because they have the knowledge and some skills to actually communicate about this because what they say what stops them communicating about consent is that it's awkward it's embarrassing they don't know what to say so if you actually start saying well you know we ask young people what could people say yeah and it seems you know and you give them the language that they would use it's not the language i would use but it's the language they would use like are you up for this is this okay are you into this mm. yeah maybe we could try it but can we stuff, I don't like it. All those kind of things are the kind of things they would say. So okay. You know, so. you, you've, you've presented us all with that question now this morning. I'm not sure what the right answer is. What is the right answer? Was it consensual? <laughs> it, it's unclear. So what could yeah. have made it more consenting was if he'd have said, 
are you into this? And if she'd have said yes, that would have been very clear. Mm. It's when it's not clear mm. is the problem. And we need to be clear with each other, especially for young people starting off on their exploration of their mm. sexuality. They don't know. They don't know what they like, what they don't like, mm. you know, what they might be willing to try. And where are they getting their influences from? They're getting their influences mm. from all the sexual media that's out there that wasn't influencing me as I grew up. Mm. I don't know about how old you are, but, you know, yeah. that was not I didn't have a mobile phone <laughs> when I was 10. <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff is yeah. happening to our children. So we need to give them Weird. knowledge in the yeah. skin. We, we had one phone them. in the house and uh, a phone box on the corner. Uh, the mobile phones didn't exist then. Uh, but exactly. In, totally different world. In the example that you're giving, she instigated mm. the sex, did she not? No, 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 Oh, no, sorry, no. I missed something, did I? No, no, no. no. So, no. In the story, right? Yeah. So they meet, they don't know each other. It's a party. Okay. They've drunk some alcohol. Yeah. They're flirting. They're yeah. kissing. They're into it. Blah, blah, blah. They go outside for a private space. Yeah. Then they get into touching. Then he invites her back in to get even more private space and takes her to a bedroom in the house. So he's instigating. He's the initiator. Right. Right. Then he, you know, undoes his pants. He's touching her. Right. All seems fine. Then he instigates. He, he undoes his trousers. Mm. He pushes her head down. Okay. She okay. looks up. Yeah. Yeah. She either smiles or she doesn't smile in the two stories. Mm. And we asked did she consent to give oral sex to? Okay. So the point is that it should have been clearer. It needs to be clear. Yeah. Right. You need to you, say, you yeah. need you need to vocalize it. You need to say do you want to do this or would you well, do this? Yeah. Yeah, if if you get a smile, you need to check that that's not because they're nervous or you know, you need to check that the smile means yes, I'm into this. So, you know, with the smile mm. as she mm. looked up with the smile, so you're into it. It's this okay. Mm. And then you know, it's just about being clear and saying, you know, just mm. to move away from the fact that that young men from all the media, they're getting all they have to do is keep going till they don't yep. stop. Mm. Okay. And that's not it. You okay. know, it's about a mutual thing, mutually consensual. Yeah. And does this lack of understanding uh, or uh, lack of clarity feed into behaviour? Is it uh, that perhaps non-consensual sex takes place uh, but it, it wasn't intentional that everybody thought uh, or assumed and possibly yeah. assumed wrongly uh, that mm. there was consent. Yeah, that's the problem. Right. You know, I don't yeah. think lots of people are perpetrators. You know, that there's all these perpetrators going mm. around victimising other people and um, forcing themselves on other people. It's this lack of understanding. You know, if we actually get to the point where we can communicate, they can communicate, people mm. can communicate and understand and just check in. Mm. Like, it's like language. You know, if you were in France and you said, where's the crack? Mm. You know, they think you were talking about drugs. So mm. let's just mm. check that we're all on the same page. We're talking about the same thing, that we understand each other. Mm. Because it's a mutual thing. It's about mutual enjoyment. Mm. It's not just about one person okay. getting something from another go, person. Go back to what you were saying about the boys. Is it always assumed that the boys want it, that there's no need to ask? Except, well, you know, that's another gendered sexual script. The boys are always up for sex and girls aren't mm. as well. So we have to ex explode those scripts. They're not, they're not based on fact. They're just, you know, social norms, ideas of how we behave, which aren't based, you know, it's not always the case that boys always want sex and girls don't. That's absolutely not true. Mm. You know, so we have to, 
you know, it is a mutual thing. I mean, it's one of the most amazing things that you, that people mm. can share with each other. And we do know, mm. I don't know if you're a parent yourself, but eventually, as a parent, you want your children to grow up and mm. to have respectful, loving, wonderful relationships with someone else and make you a grandparent. Okay. Um, just to go back to the example that you gave of the last couple, uh, if uh, there was a role reversal in that story and she had instigated uh, from mm. moving outside to inside and to what happened indoors. Uh, should she have stopped and asked if this is okay? Yes, of course. And in the three stories, we have a story where the female pressurises the male in order to have sex. And that brings up a discussion of gendered sexual scripts. Mm. You know, and I mean, you know, it's it's the same for both. You mm. can't assume anything. You shouldn't assume. You don't assume when you go to a restaurant that everybody likes meaty burgers. You have to ask mm. and say, you into this, oh, are you a vegan? Oh, okay. So mm. you don't want what, you don't like what I like. Um, you can't what, assume that. What, what do you mean she pressurised him to have sex? Um, uh, okay, so in the third story, yeah. um, there's, a, there's a couple. They've known each other, but they're not going out together. And she asks him up to her room to help with something. Mm. And then she starts kissing him and moving forward. And he says he wants to go back downstairs, but she keeps going forward, saying she wants sex with him, blah, blah, blah. And so he doesn't want to, mm. but he has sex with her. Why? So there's that whole thing of willing and wanting. Mm. There's the whole pressure that men are supposed to always be up to sex. If he'd have gone downstairs to his mates and said, Jeez, I was up there and she forced me to have sex with him. Right. Me. Did she, you know, what sympathy would he get? Mm. It's how we're conditioned, you know, it's stereotyping, it's uh, how we perceive uh, other people and uh, how that boy would be treated if either he or she came down and said he refused, yeah. is it? Right. And, they would okay. be, yeah. and they'd be treated differently. Okay. You know, so mm. it's bringing those things to the fore to mm. get young people to reflect and think about them mm. and then say, you know, be kind. Why, you know, why join in mm. with putting someone down? for actually saying, you know, Jesus, I was just sexually assaulted up there. I didn't want to have sex. Mm. But, I, you know, I was pressurised. You know, where is that empathy? Where is that? So we need to build that in. So in introducing these stories, and the third story is a non-gendered couple who are in a relationship, mm. and that explores the pressure, pressure in relationships to yeah. do stuff that you may not want to do. So we try in a very short space of time, you know, in a workshop to start young people thinking about all of these issues mm. and to discuss it and to realise that, yeah, if you actually vocalise and actually say and talk, it's going to be much clearer and it's going to be a much better outcome for everybody. Okay. What did you mean by when you said a non-gendered couple? Okay, so we use um, names that could be either gender. Right, okay. And we don't say so, he or she yeah, so, in the explanation of what they were doing. So, so, know, so they, they are whatever they, they are in my mind when I'm looking at yeah, the uh, yeah, example that yeah. you're presenting. And they're in a relationship. They've been and, in a relationship for the past six months. Okay, and you spoke to 613 transition year and fifth year students uh, and uh, they gave you the answers which has fed into your report. Uh, now, I don't and think the workshop. Absolutely. So that was yeah. the basis for the workshop. Yeah. So the workshop then looks at that, those stories again, but also shares the ideas that came from the data in the survey that young people, we asked young people how mm. comfortable they were and how comfortable they thought their peers were becoming involved in sexual activity. We asked them how important they thought consent okay. was and how important they thought their peers thought it was. And there's a social norm gap 
between their ideas and what they think their peers think. So this contributes to internalised peer pressure. Okay, so, just talk. Just talk to the funny duddies that you're talking to now, though, because okay, uh, don't think there's very. I don't think there's very many sixteen or seventeen year olds listening to us now. Okay. Uh, and I, I think there's some of our listeners who are saying, "Why are they talking about this on the radio? Why, why? Why do we need to talk about these things? Why do we need to talk about these things? Yeah. Because we live in a world where our children, <clears throat> from the age I think um, most, I think the newest stage is most ten-year-olds have a have an iPhone or have a have a phone. They have access to all sorts of sexual media that we never did at that young age. <clears throat> and our RSE, <clears throat> as as noted by the NCCA. It's not relevant now. The young people have said it's not relevant. It's not giving them the information they need to know. We are not supporting our young people to understand, be critical about the sexual images and the sexual ideas they're getting from sexual media. So we need to talk to our young people. Mm. We need to support our young people so that eventually they make us grandparents and everybody's happy. Their conversations that we need to have. It's all part of child protection uh, and indeed uh, the skills uh, that uh, the young people of today will need as they become the next generation of adults. Siobhan, I have to leave it there for the moment, but thank you indeed. Fascinating and uh, lovely to talk to you. That's uh, Dr. Siobhan O'Higgins, Active Consent Programme co-lead with NUI Galway. Michael Reed on LMFM. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.